0: Today on Locked On Goals, a quartet of games to talk about, and an unexpected hero arises for the Goals. We'll talk about all of that on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? It is Goals Thursday, officially. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering minor league hockey for over a decade. A reminder that this podcast is free and available across all platforms, I'm on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. And a special shout out to, you know, everyone that is a Goals fan, all the San Diego fans that listen in. Thank you all so much. Shout out to the announcers for the San Diego Goals. I'm talking about Andy Zilch, who does a tremendous job on the play-by-play. And also going to give a shout out to Aaron Cooney, who pinch hit for Andy Zilch recently. So there's your shout out, Aaron. Alright, so let's get right into it because we have a lot of games to talk about and no time to waste. There were four, count them, four games. San Diego is making up for lost time. Remember when they had no games for about three weeks? Well, now they're making up for it. Now we have some makeup games to play. Now we have some rescheduled games. Let's get into it. Let's start with last Friday up against the Abbotsford Canucks at Pechanga Arena. That was not a good game to watch if you're a goals fan. And if you're a fan of someone by the name of Jacob Perot, you might want to turn away from this one because Perot did not have a good game on this one. Friday's game was all Canucks all day long. Phil DiGiuseppe and John Stevens scored in the first period already 2-0. And then Tristan Nielsen made it 3-0 for the Canucks in the second. From that point, it was pretty much over. Yeah, San Diego scored with about 10 minutes left in the third period. It was 3-1, to but it felt like it was all for naught. As Abbotsford scored on an empty netter, another goal. 5-1 was the final score, but I want to focus on a couple of things here. One, this was the second appearance of Francis Marat, who allowed four goals. But this was a game that we saw Jacob Perot and Braden Tracy back for the goals. And this might have been Jacob Perot's worst game. In a long time. And I'm I'm gonna be honest, I'm not going to just beat her on the bush here. I have to be honest with the Ducks and the Gulls fans here. Perot had a fantastic start to the season. I don't know what happened between Anaheim and San Diego this past couple weeks, but that was truly not a good game for Jacob Perot. He's gotta get back into it. I know he hasn't played the last three games for various reasons, but Perot just had a bad game. First off, he got undressed. He got completely undressed on that first goal. Then again, Phil DiGiuseppe also undressed the Ontario Reign. So hey, at least he's equal opportunity embarrass the SoCal teams, right? First he embarrasses the goals and Jacob Perot. and then he embarrasses. Oh God, who was the goalie for Ontario that night? I was there. It was a MLK game. But either way, Phil DiGiuseppe. Beat oh, it was um, for the rain, but nonetheless, Phil DiGiuseppe has been on one recently. That one was bad, but then Tristan Nielsen kind of making Jacob Perot look a little bit foolish on defense as well. Devontae Stevens and Tristan Nielsen both made Perot look silly, he did not have a good game. And just after allowing that goal to Tristan Nielsen, Jacob Perot took On replay, that was a bad penalty to take if you're Jacob Pro. He just got beat badly on that play, and he spent the rest of the period in the box. And I did notice that his playing time went down a little bit after the third period. I don't know if he was getting necessarily benched, but he just was not having a good game. He really wasn't. And that's a shame to see. That's that's especially a shame to see from your first-round pick. Jacob Perot, I think, has pretty solid expectations. And for him to have that stinker of a game be his last one in the last week, that's not a good look. So hopefully, hopefully he comes back strong and puts on a stellar performance the next time he puts on a goals uniform. He has missed the last three games. Come come back soon, Jacob. I mean, the goals do miss you, or, or do they? Do, do they miss him? Because he's missed the last three games for the San Diego goals, and they've they've won all three. Hmm. I'm not going to read too much into it. It's probably coincidence, but maybe it's just a huge coincidence that Perot's out and all of a sudden San Diego's offense has opened up a lot more. They're scoring a lot more. They're playing a more well-rounded game. And that was pretty much on stage Saturday night at Pechanga Arena in front of about 6,000 fans. I think this was a legit 5,000 fans this time but they were allowed. They definitely showed up to this game against the Abbotsford Canucks. No scoring in the first period. Nothing happened but then you had Danny O'Regan, Hunter Drew. They scored O'Regan on the power play, something that San has been good at and guess what? They scored a shorthanded goal too and guess who scored the shorty? Alex Limoges! Alex Limoge is back, and he's starting to kill it again. His fifth of the season on the shorty. And then the Maple Syrup brother, Trevor Carrick, he scored his second. Yes, the Canucks did score a couple of late goals, one on the power play, and one with literally a second left on the clock. I mean, yes, I saw what they were trying to do. They were trying to come back. They pulled their goaltender, and hey, at least they got one goal back with one second. Yeah, there was no celebrating after that goal because the Canucks You knew they had a second left. They're like, oh, we're not going to score another one with a second left. But nonetheless, San Diego wins it 4-3. to three. Phil DiGiuseppe scored another goal. That was the late goal. But really, a solid overall effort by the San Diego goals. Two things I want to focus on as far as this game is concerned. One, I want to focus on the goaltending. Francis Marat had some pretty decent chances against him, and none of them came through. San Diego was shaky on defense again. They allowed 32 shots on goal, which is kind of a lot. A lot of them were kind of along the blue line, which goes into point number two. They're keeping teams out of the home plate area, and especially out of that high danger slot area. I count maybe four or five shots maybe six in the slot, and that was it. The rest of the shots were either from a bad angle from diagonal or from the blue line, or at least be on the face-off circle. There was a lot of Canucks shots that went unrebounded, so I got to give Marat a lot of credit for keeping composure and for keeping the goals in it whenever he could. And I'm sorry, there is one other thing I got to focus on here. And it was the opening up of the offense. It was noticeable on the power play for the goals this time. You know, a shorty and a power play goal. But for some reason, with the personnel that the goals had that game, things seemed to open up a little bit more than we're used to. Lucas Elvinus, he kind of helped open things up a little bit. Danny O'Regan, he's finding his own. Brayden Tracy. Brayden Tracy, I thought, had a terrific game against the Canucks. He had two assists. He was a third star of the game. Cody Curran also had a terrific game from the blue line. Three assists on the night. But I got to give credit to Marat for not leaving out too many juicy rebounds. He did a solid job in net. And I'm going to talk about him more right now because there's a third game I want to talk. Actually, we will save that for after the first intermission. We'll talk about the road trip that the San Diego goals just took. But first, let's talk about betonline.ag, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we absolutely trust. And the NFL divisional playoffs are coming up this weekend. Of course, you have the NBA and the NHL going on right now, but the NFL is really gearing down towards the end of the playoffs. If you want to check out the latest lines, head over to betonline a-G, and use promo code LOCKED ON to get a 50%. That's a 50% welcome bonus. Once again, with the promo code LOCKED ON. BetOnline.AG, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. <laughs> Welcome back to Locked On Goals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And since this is Locked On San Diego Goals, I will give this band their shout out, the Mad Hat Hucksters, a local San Diego band. So it seems fitting to have a San Diego band playing on San Diego Goals Thursday. So there you go. There's the shout out for the Mad Hat Hucksters. Check them out on, I think they're on Instagram. They're on social media, so definitely do check them out. Alright, so we've got some more plays, or rather some more games to talk about. I will talk about a couple of plays in particular. I have it written down about which plays to talk about since I did watch both the Tuesday and the Wednesday game. I'll admit, I watched the Wednesday game in between the Ducks game last night. I'll admit it. I had the Ducks game on the big screen behind me, and I had the goals game to the side. So, hey, I can watch both, right? Well, maybe I could have if part of the game would play. Yeah, I didn't get to watch any of the first period because there was no AHL TV feed. So, boo. Boo on that. But nonetheless, let's talk about Tuesday's game first up at the Shark Tank in front of about. I'd say 150 fans. I mean, it was an announced crowd of above a thousand, which means there was about, you know, 200 fans and about 800 fans dressed as empty seats. What? What are you going to do, San Jose fans? What? I, I got to be honest. I've been to games at the Shark Tank. I've been to Barracuda Games. I see how many fans there are. I've been to San Francisco Bulls games. I remember how many fans showed up to those games as well. You're, you're not going to get me with this. There was about 150 fans at SAP Center on Tuesday night. Don't fool me with that thousand figure, okay? Just don't. Anyway... Goals fans were treated to a Barracuda loss. Yay! That's great for Goals fans. Because they needed a solid victory to get them back on track. And this might have been the game that put them back on track. Maybe not so much in the first period because they were shaky as hell. Jake McGrew was pretty much left alone. And he scored his fifth of the season, making it 1-0 Barracuda. And I thought, oh, shoot, here we go again. And then I don't know what happened when the goals got out of that locker room, but they came out with a renewed vigor. Trevor Carrick scored, and then Bryce Kindop scored. Oh, and guess who's back? Bo Grew. Welcome back to the San Diego goals. Bo Grew, off of his limited engagement with the Anaheim Ducks, He's back with the goals. Oh, and by the way, so is Bryce Kindop. He's also back. And so is Daniel Regan. So, hey, the boys are back. Great for the goals. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they're up 2-1. And then Joaquin Blickfeld scored in the power play. Uh, Okay, it's 2-2 going into the second period. It was close throughout that third period, except for the fact that it looked like a repeat of the first period. Here's what I mean. First period, shots were 15-8 to 8 in favor of San Jose. Third period, shots were 15-6 to 6 in favor of San Jose. San Diego looked shaky on defense. They allowed way too many power plays. They allowed a pretty substantial two-man advantage against the Barracuda. And a couple of guys saved the day. One, gotta give huge, huge credit to Alex Limoge on the penalty kill on that one. I thought he did a fantastic job on the penalty kill. And when Trevor Carrick left the box, he joined and he kind of saved the day as well. So let me do a play-by-play of what happened. This is about eight or so minutes left in the game. Trevor Carrick gets nailed for high sticking. Then about 40 seconds later, Daniel O'Regan gets called for tripping. San Jose calls a timeout. They draw up at least two plays on the five-on-three. And they had a two-man advantage for about a minute and 20 seconds. They had one really, really good shot attempt that just whizzed. And another one that was gobbled up by Francis Marat that, again, he did not allow a rebound. And there was also some great defense there by Limoge. And once Carrick was the first one out of the box and he joined the fray... He really did a good job on defense, blocking at least one key shot attempt. And he kind of made the difference as soon as he got out of the box. You could tell he was pumped up. And as soon as they killed that five on three, you could tell that they were renewed. And I remember, I think I was talking with, I forget who I was talking with, but I said, if the goals can kill this, they're going to win the game. And what do you think would happen just a few minutes after that? Alex Limoge scored his sixth goal of the season. He was the hero of the game on this one. That goal came at an extremely important time. That made it 3-2 to two goals. Oh, and by the way, just after that, Daniel Regan got nailed for high-staking. That was kind of an iffy call. But nonetheless, Daniel Regan goes in the box. And immediately, you have San Jose well, not immediately. They did pull their goalie, but I thought they pulled him late. So this might have been the poor planning on San Jose's part. They had about two and a half minutes left. They had possession of the puck. They had clear possession. Why not pull the goalie there? No, they didn't. Okay, well, wait till two minutes left. They still didn't. Okay, how about a minute forty? No. Nope. Still leaving him there. San Jose blew a gold opportunity to go 6-on-4 against the Goals, and they didn't. And what do you think would happen just as soon as they do pull their goalie a little bit too late? Yeah, Bo Grew would score an empty netter with about 3 seconds left, and that was the nail in the coffin. 4-2 to was the final score on this one at the Shark Tank in front of about 200 fans. The Goals were outshot 40-23. to That was not a good look at all. But I will give props to a couple of guys in a little bit. The Unsung Heroes. I know I teased there was an unexpected hero, but in fact, there's two unexpected heroes, which I'll talk about on the third segment of this podcast. But we got to talk about the end of this road trip. And that took place less than 24 hours ago up in Stockton, California, in front of about 100 fans. It was announced 1,057... No, there was maybe 100 fans at Stockton. That team is not doing well at the box office. They're not. Uh, You know who else wasn't doing well as far as getting guys out there? San Diego. They only dressed 18 guys. 10 forwards and 6 defensemen. Wait, what? 10-6? What the heck happened? Well, first off, Brogan Rafferty was called up to the taxi squad so he couldn't play. Okay, that one kind of sucks. Vincent Marlowe, he was gone. Okay, that sucks even more. What what else you got? Um, how about Maxime Golode coming in? Ugh, great. All right, what else could go wrong? Oh, the Ducks are going to take Bryce Kendop too. Wait, wait, wait a minute. So, so you're saying that the goals have barely enough? You can play with 18. Oh boy. I will admit, when I saw the initial lineup... With those 10 guys, those 10 forwards, against the first place Stockton Heat, I'll admit, I kind of dismissed it and said, this might be a wash. This might be a game that Stockton's going to win, but if San Diego can get a point out of this, it will be fantastic. If they can win this in regulation, it'll kind of be a miracle. Well, guess what? Miracles do happen. Brent Gates scored off the gate, ha, making it 1-0. That one was intended and then known pest Justin Kirkland tied things up in the first. Going into the second, Axel Anderson scored his second making it 2 to 1, and then the fresh prince of San Diego, Greg Prince, scored to make it 3 to 1. And then Justin Kirkland was up to his crap again. He kind of bodied up inside, you know, inside the slot area, did his thing, tried to instigate, tried to get under guy's skin. And what happens? He kind of taps one in there. His ninth of the season, that made it 3-2 San Diego with 25 seconds left. Of course, 25 seconds left, Stockton tries to pull their goalie again. They try to score to no avail. San Diego wins a big confidence-boosting game at Stockton, 3-2. And I did like that after the game, there was a little bit of chippiness. Look, these two teams don't particularly like each other. San Diego is trying to get into a playoff spot. And that's fine. But man, that guy bugs the crap out of me. I'm talking, of course, about Justin Kirkland, who tried to pick a fight at the end of the game, after the final buzzer. Yeah, was I shocked? No, absolutely not. Justin Kirkland has been a pest. Remember, Justin Kirkland was the guy that tried to cross-check one of our prized prospects earlier on in the season. They weren't having it this time. They said, no, enough's enough. We don't want any more of this crap. Even though Justin Kirkland scored two goals, his team lost. By the way, credit to Braden Tracy for sticking up for himself and getting in there. And also props to, again, Francis Marat and another unsung hero, which I will talk about After the second intermission, stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Goals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And finally, after... little bit of some audio issues we are finally back with the third segment of this podcast apologies for this coming out way later than i would have liked but we had some audio issues crop up those things happen what can i tell you but we're just gonna finish off the show properly because i had a lot more information that i wanted to get out and wanted to give like my takes on what just occurred over the past weekend now i know i had talked briefly about jacob perot and his one bad game and I had talked about Braden Tracy and how well he has done over the past week. In fact, Braden Tracy has had a couple of multi point games recently and he's done very well. He's probably been one of the goals best players. But that's not who I'm going to give my major props to as far as the unheralded hero. In fact I have two of them. One of them is a new addition to the San Diego goals and his name is Lucas Elvinus. Now, let's go back 10 days ago. Lucas Elvinus was placed on waivers for the purposes of having his contract terminated by the Vegas Golden Knights. They didn't want him anymore. Just a whole mess. And this was this was part of Vegas trying to shed salary cap space in order to bring in Jack Eichel when he becomes available to play. So, that was kind of just a thing that happened. Anaheim picked him up on waivers they were the lucky recipient of that. And when I saw that waiver wire pickup, I thought, okay, he might end up on a taxi squad or he might start off with San Diego. Sure enough, he started off in San Diego, which is fine. Elvinus, by the way, is a fifth round pick, number 127 overall pick, but a fifth rounder of the 2017 NHL draft. And I'm going to go off on a tangent here from something that I brought up yesterday and the day before, talking about fifth round picks. So I did mention last podcast that there were 21 players that were in the fifth round or later that were all-stars from the year 2000 onward. What I didn't mention was any of the guys in the 2003 draft. In fact, there are five, count them, five all-stars from the fifth round and later from that 2003 draft. But That was a stacks draft, probably one of the best NHL drafts in recent memory. I mean, that first round, almost every one of those guys was an impact player. And even the guys that were not all stars had some pretty big contributions for their teams. I mean, look at the Ducks. They picked up Corey Perry in that first round of that draft, they picked up Ryan Getzloff in that first round of the draft. Look at some of these other names Mike Richards. Ryan Kessler, Marc-Andre Fleury, Nathan Horton, Thomas Vanek, Ryan Suter, Jeff Carter, Dustin Brown. I mean, I could go on, but I want to focus on the fifth rounders of that draft because there was five of them. You ready for this? Joe Pavelski, Tobias Enstrom, Dustin Bufflin, Yaroslav Halak, and Brian Elliott. Yeah, all five of those guys have been all-stars or had been rather. So, yeah, just thought I wanted to get that little piece of trivia out there. But back to Lucas Elvinus, who was drafted 127th in the 2017 draft. The only concern about him was that he had to adjust his game because, you know, he had to adjust to a smaller ice surface. He was used to playing on Olympic sized ice. Obviously, he did fine on regular sized ice. In fact, he was so good that he made the 2020 AHL All-Star team as a member of the Chicago Wolves. Now, uh, this pickup piqued the curiosity of locked-on Los Angeles Kings host, Sarah Avampado, who does cover the Chicago Wolves. And Elvinus was an All-Star in the 2020 All-Star game, which her and I both worked. And Elvinus was very impressive from what I've seen over the past couple seasons. He's He's been... A good kind of dynamic player. In fact, that season, the dynamic scoring forward scored 48 points in 59 games. Pretty good for a rookie campaign in the American Hockey League. And just kind of peeling back the curtain even more. He's always been a really kind of like a Raquel type winger. In fact, he is from Sweden. So I see a little bit of that kind of game in Elvinus. And we're kind of starting to see that right now. Yeah. So I, I like Elvinus in the role for the San Diego goals. He was big in that last game. He was the first star in the game against Stockton. He had three assists in the past. What is it? Five? No, four games. He scored five points, one goal and four assists. That's That's quite good. A goal coming against Abbotsford, one assist against the Sharks, and three against the Stockton Heat. That's just in four short games. I would expect him to contribute very well for the San Diego Goals team if he plays enough games down with the Goals this season. Could he be a part of the Ducks this season? Uh, Maybe, maybe. I mean, he is 20, I want to say 22 years old, so he's still young. He's still got a little bit to go but I could see him making the league in the long run at some point. So that's one of my kind of unheralded heroes and kind of like a take on that one. Another player that I really liked is Francis Marat. Now, Frank Marat came out of Clarkson University, actually came out of Robert Morris University until their college hockey program was shut down, which that's a whole other topic. I did not like that move by Robert Morris but Francis Marat played at Robert Morris. The program shut down, so he had a transfer, went over to Clarkson. And from there, he's found his way to the AHL all of a sudden. He went undrafted. So he wound up on the ECHL. He played for the Allen Americans. And this season, earlier this season, he was signed to a one-year two-way contract, but not two-way in the sense of AHL NHL. A two-way contract with the AHL and ECHL. So that pay scale between the ECHL and the AHL is a pretty significant difference, and for him to get these kind of games in the American Hockey League and see this kind of action, you know he wants to take advantage of it all the way. Right now, Francis Marat with the San Diego goals, in five games, he's got a 318 goals against a safe percentage of 900, which is fine. And he's done okay. He's got three consecutive wins in a short amount of time. He had the win on Saturday, the win on Tuesday, and the win on Wednesday. Considering the personnel that San Diego has, I'd say Marat has done a pretty good job holding down the fort for Dostal and Ericsson Eck. So I'm kind of hoping that we see a little bit more of Francis Murat. And I hope somewhere down the line he gets a decent chance... To be a steady AHL goaltender. So that's my other unheralded kind of just temporary hero. I don't want to call it a temporary hero because I hope Marat sticks around. And I don't want to call Elvinus a temporary hero either. But those are two guys that we definitely should watch for in the coming week of goals games. So once again, Francis Marat. Frank Marat rather. He goes by Frank Marat on Twitter. But his full name is Francis Marat. So There you go. Just wanted to get that out there. All right. Uh, We are going to end for tonight's podcast, but I want to thank you all so much for listening. And thanks once again to all the San Diego fans for listening. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. You guys are all awesome. Uh, Looking ahead at the San Diego schedule, we have locked on goals next Thursday, and there will be three games to talk about. We have two against the Abbotsford Canucks, Saturday and Sunday, and then we have a game back in San Diego, by the way, against the Colorado Eagles, so be sure to watch that game, check it out, it's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, I think that would be one to check out for sure. Alright, don't forget that this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Odyssey, Stitcher, Spotify, among others. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. It is greatly appreciated. For Locked on Gulls, which is part of the umbrella of Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying please have a good evening. Please continue to be safe out there. Be kind to one another. And Ducks and Gulls fly together.